Hi, my name is Marissa Klein. I'm the founder of Choice Fashion and Media and co-host of the career inspiration podcast, The Dreamcatchers. And I am Jamie Stozer, the other co-host of The Dreamcatchers and the VP of Fashion and Media at Choice Associates. Up next is a special edition of The Dreamcatchers. We've curated our favorite dreamers and doers for an inspirational conversation. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. Dear little sisters, we're very excited to introduce you to Jamie and Marissa, who will be chatting today. These two incredible women are the Dreamcatchers, sisters, and a dynamic duo who are career and brand identity experts. Thank you so much for coming on to this podcast event today. We're super excited to chat with you, and yeah, we're really excited. Thanks for having us. This is such an honor. Um, I think we said this a bit when we met you guys the first time at International Women's Day at um, Bellworks, but we are just so impressed with you both. And um, I don't want to age you down. So forgive me. I don't want to tell everybody how old you are, but let's just say you're young. And I'm just super, super impressed with how advanced and poised and um, put together in general, you guys both are in your business and your podcast. And we're, Marissa and I are just so happy to be here today. And excited to record this episode together and you know shameless plug we'll probably release this as an episode of our podcast too so we're very very excited to be here um doing this with you guys as the dream catchers thank you we're really really excited for this conversation so our first question is can you just tell us a little bit about your journey to get to where you are today wow how, how long you got <laughs> mercy you want to take it Sure. Um, so hi guys. Hi everybody. Hi little sisters, listeners. I am, my name is Marissa speaking. Um, I've been somewhat on this path, twisting and turning for quite some time now. And, you know, looking back as adults older with more stage wisdom have warned me in the past, your, your journey kind of makes a lot of sense when you get to where you're going. And then one day you realize that you're still going. So up until this point, um, all really connects now. But while I was doing it, I had no idea what was going on. Um, so just be forewarned. Uh, I graduated with a double degree in business and marketing. I had only wanted to work in beauty. Only, only, only. I had extremely narrow vision. And I did all of my internships in college focused on the beauty industry. Um, you cannot see me right now, but I don't have any makeup on, but a powerful lip because I believe in a power lip statement. So even when I cannot be seen, I'm wearing something. Um, and unfortunately the world did not care that I wanted to work in beauty and I couldn't get a job in beauty, even though I had established all those relationships for all those summers. And I ended up getting an apartment in New York city and the story that New York City sometimes writes, or most of the time writes, um, once you have an apartment, you have to get a job. You can't really manage that apartment and just wait for the dream job to come up come along. So I ended up taking a job in fashion, um, which I was actually very good at. And um, I learned a lot and I was promoted several times. And when the beauty industry reached back out to me, I wasn't really interested anymore. I found something that I didn't expect. Um, and I, I preached that 
for the better half of the, the last decade and change that sometimes when you least expect it, you learn something else about yourself that you didn't know and or your skills can be applied other ways. Then after working in fashion for a while, I had started my own business um, that was successful, but there was no social media back then um, in the ancient times. So I couldn't support it for much longer than my own voice and relationships would carry. And I tripped into the family business to help support my side hustle. And the family business was staffing. My father had owned a, a staffing and placement firm in the New York area since 1974. And he had no interest in having me join his team. And I had every interest in joining his team so that I could work part-time to supplement my side hustle, which at the time I was making custom-made gifts. And eventually I realized that I would need to have them produced overseas in order to be successful. And all of a sudden my dad was right. And I decided to like staffing more than I liked that process. And he was sad about that because he didn't want me to walk away from something I was passionate about. But we both won. And I ended up starting a fashion beauty creative division of the staffing firm. Um, 17 plus years ago. So you can all do the math now, carry a one. And I did it with my relationships with the people that I knew, my friends, my colleagues, all my old bosses. And I just started to hustle. And I have helped hundreds of people get work in fields that were interesting and unique. And I'm very, very proud of that. Um, when I think back on you know, career plays into so much for all of us. It's on the East Coast. It's how we define ourselves, whether that's culturally correct or not. Um, and it it allows you to live your life. It allows you to buy things. It allows you to shop. It allows you to travel. It allows you to do, you know, virtually all the things. So by creating a pipeline of people to 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 live life so that they can chase dreams, I felt really honored and privileged to do that work. And um, in the midst of that, I started my most important job, which was becoming a mother. And I couldn't do all of the stuff without help. So when I was pregnant with my second child, I recruited Jamie to come in. At that time, she was already a pretty big wig in HR and staffing herself, but in corporate because I guess what's in the blood stays in the blood. And her journey is interesting in and of itself. She started, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it's a good story. She started in PR and then ended up in a, a division of PR that she didn't love, but worked for a boss that she loved. And then yada, 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 realized that she really liked people skills better than she liked PR skills and ended up transferring into HR and then becoming a very high-powered HR executive and staffing and recruitment. And she had no interest in helping me with the family business. Um, but I'm persistent. And life threw her a couple of interesting curveballs that were also exciting. And she decided that she would join me at Choice. And we'd been working together for as long as her older son is here. So 10 years and change. And in 2018, we started a career-focused podcast. And that's when Jamie loves to take over the story because it's less boring. Go ahead, Jamie. Finish saying about how we ended up on a podcast. 
Yeah. I mean, Marissa covered my story a little bit, but you know, I went to school, I went to Michigan and I graduated in with a degree in communications. And at that time in 2003, when you are, you know, pre LinkedIn, pre uh, really not the internet, but pre that internet, the way it is now, there was only so many career paths that you knew about, right. Or that you were taught about in school. Um, I still think that exists today a little bit, right. We all kind of know what PR is. We know what social media is in this case, or nowadays, um, we know what marketing kind of is. Um, so, you know, I'm sure your listeners span generations and I'm sure there's folks out there that are listening who, um, especially our dream catchers listeners, who remember what it was like to graduate college in those years and try to figure out what you wanted to do. And then there's the folks like you guys that are young or about to start your careers or haven't yet even figured out exactly what you want to do. And it's hard to know what you want. You just have to kind of, and Marissa and I do this work often with our clients um, in the dream catchers part of our business, um, which is really identifying who you are as a human being. Like what are your superpowers? Who are you as a human? And what is it that you're good at? And I knew I was a great writer. I knew I was a great speaker and I knew I was creative, um, resourceful. Um, you know, the list goes on, but that, those were things that I learned in college. And I knew that I, I thought I wanted to work in PR, meaning that I could communicate a message um, and convince an audience to purchase a product, right? So what I did my internships in music PR um, thought I wanted to work in music. I would grow up as a dancer, thought I wanted to work in the music industry. Um, you don't have to be my age to know that in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, music changed forever, right? Digital music was not a thing. We listened to music on CDs and tapes. Um, so the, that was a very exciting time to be in the music industry, but also extremely tumultuous. And it was not a time to get hired in music. So ironically, which I share because of Marissa's story, I ended up in beauty, which is hilarious considering that's all she wanted to do. And yet it fell into my lap. So when I graduated college, I got a, a postgraduate internship, which I mentioned because it's important for people to know. I went to Michigan. I had a great degree. I had all the internships and I could not find a job after I graduated. And so instead of feeling bad about myself or, um, you know, changing a career path for whatever the reason I stuck to my guns. I decided I had to still do it. And I took what, what came to me, which was a postgraduate internship at a mid-sized PR agency called Marina Mark communications, still in existence, much larger than it was when I was there, um, at CoverGirl cosmetics. So I was doing PR for mascara and lip gloss and all the things Marissa wanted to be doing. Um, which was super fun. I did a lot of talent management at that time. As I'm sure you know, everybody knows that CoverGirl is all about their cover girls. Um, I'm doing air quotes for the listeners. Um, so I did a lot of talent management, talent relations, and I was right out of school. I was 22 years old. I, I loved it. Um, but the end of my internship came and there was nothing available in some of those sexier brands. And so I ended up in pharmaceutical PR, which was not even close to music. But as Marissa said earlier, I fell in love with my boss, which I think is really important. It's not about the work. It's about the people. And I loved my boss and I started my career there. And fast forward, I did that for four years and then I tripped into HR. Somebody took a chance on me. I thought I was more interested in some of these people skills. Marissa alluded to the story, but I can share it because I think it's important that when you're doing this work and you're thinking about what it is that you want to do and what, what's next for you, to identify what it is that you even love about what you do. So 
you know, my HR person at the time, still a dear friend, Mary Beth said to me, I was unhappy. And I went to her and I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I don't know that this is what I want to be doing long-term at the time I was working on secret deodorant. Um, for those of you that don't know you wear deodorant, or at least I do all year long. But for some reason, when you're pitching it to a publication, or in this case now, a website or an influencer, it only gets featured in stories about the gym or stories about the summer. So I found it extremely challenging because I would I would say to my editors, my contacts, but like I wear deodorant all year long. Like, why does it only need to be in like a gym bag story? You know, you can picture like the gym bag spilling out, like the contents, what's in your bag, that kind of storyline. And it just got so tedious. I'm like, I feel like I want to help people. Like, this isn't really helping people, even though I love deodorant. Um, and flash forward, I went to her and I was like, I don't love this anymore. And she's like, I want you to go home and think about the three things that you do love about your job. And so this work, by the way, this exercise, you can do that in high school, college, new grad, you know, mom like us, third act, any of the above. What is it that you're good at? And what is it that you actually love doing? And I answered, I like doing the bulletin boards, like decorating them. I liked doing the newsletter, like sending out the monthly newsletter to the whole office. And I liked managing the interns. And she said, none of those things are your job. But those are all the job of an HR person. I didn't know that. And so somebody took a chance on me, this woman, Mary Beth. She convinced me, showed me a job description. It had writing, it had creative, it had communication. It had things I did not know were an option for me when I graduated college. And so this message is important because you never know who's out there that has a job or knows about a job that you might be interested in and that you just didn't learn about in school. So PS, I tripped into HR, I did it for years. Um, my longest tenure was at CNN, little network called CNN. Uh, recruiting all of their ad sales and marketing folks in the um, five cities that they were located, which was New York, Atlanta, Chicago, LA, and Detroit. Um, supported over 500 employees as an HR representative. Learned everything about the corporate world of HR. And that encompasses training and development and payroll and benefits and staffing and recruiting and hiring and termination and everything in between. And I found it fascinating and about how businesses work and why they work. And at the time, Marissa was already started her staffing firm, I, our division of our father's staffing firm. And I was resistant. I was because Marissa's business, our business now is commission-based. So for those of you that don't know what commission is, we only make money when we place people in jobs. So you basically work for free. You do all the coaching, all the management, all the scheduling, all for free until the person gets the job, stays in the job and likes the job. Okay. So I was always, I was now this corporate recruiter and doing HR and I was getting a salary. I'm like, I don't want to give that up. Um, and so it, it took me till I was pregnant with my son where I wanted more flexibility and, you know, you know, able to be home for certain things. And I watched how she was able to balance it. And we joked, but she convinced me to at least come in and just, you know, cover her maternity leave, take it, you know, see if you like it. I was in between jobs at the time and I did it. And that maternity leave is traditionally three months. And here we are almost 11 years later. So obviously I figured it out. <laughs> um, and it's tough. Commission-based business is tough. You know, I think we talk about that all the time. And I know some of your questions are going to be about, you know, why we started our own thing. And, and really we didn't start 
choice fashion and, you know, choice, we started a division of our dad's firm. And so we realized that's not everybody's story, right? You're not like gifted this opportunity to start your own business within your family's firm. Um, but we are entrepreneurs. Marissa and I have always had side hustles. We've always had little side things that we've done. I've taught dance over the years and choreographed things and Marissa made picture frames. And I, I, I just want to say though, but to be fair, the commission-based piece really plays into how we can relate to starting something, right? Mm -hmm. So other than having a recognizable name and someone else to pay our phone bill, I started with nothing, literally nothing. Um, my own voice, my own relationship. And, you know, I, I equate that to somebody starting their own business. So yeah, I but just don't want to say not, that. But I'm, but I'm not done in that we did start our own business in 2018. Um, so we were gifted this opportunity to start a division. Of course, we started it from nothing, but we started our own business in 2018 when we started our podcast, which, as you guys know, is a business. You have to figure out how to do it. You have to figure out how to publish it. You have to figure out how to market it. These are all elements of a business, regardless if it's revenue um, producing. It's still a business. So we started our podcast in 2018 because we had conversations like these in our office. Why do you work? What do you do? You know, frustrations about resumes, about job search, about interviewing. And we, a couple of girls that worked for us at the time said, you know, you guys should start a podcast. And we like to laugh and say, at the time we were like, what's a podcast? Like literally we're like, what does that even mean? Um, then we were asked to be a guest on a podcast, a local podcast here in Monmouth County called Brand Groupies. They're lovely. Um, they focus on different brands in the community and why they how they got started. Um, you guys would love it if you've never heard her. Uh, Carrie Balog is her name. And she interviewed us. And we had a really, really high listenership on her podcast. And she said to us, you guys are on to something. And between that and the girls that work for us and Ming from A Shared Universe who did her sound, they pushed us. And we started our podcast in the fall of 2018. At the time, we didn't have a name. We didn't weren't sure what we wanted to call it. Um, and we landed on the Dreamcatchers because we were both fortunate enough to go on a yoga retreat where we were in Tulum, Mexico, and there were Dreamcatchers above all of our beds. And we saw them and we were like, there's something about this that seems right. And for those of you that don't know what a definition of a Dreamcatcher is, it's, you know, in the circle, there's all these crisscrossing ribbons and all these strings going in 45 directions. And then there's these beautiful feathers hanging out the bottom. And the concept of a dream catcher is it's supposed to kind of capture and trap all the bad stuff in its web and then let all the beauty come out of its feathers. So when you're having a bad dream, you know, my kids have them in their rooms. It's supposed to catch the bad dreams so that the good dreams come out in the feathers. And so that's really who we are. We help people sort through their strings, their junk, their stuff, and help them figure out what they want to do with their feathers, if you will. So 2018, we started the podcast. We've done over 70 episodes. Um, we absolutely love it. We interview just like you guys, mostly women, not all women um, who do amazing work, whether they started their own firm or they are a high executive at a current, their you know current role. Um, we do special episodes. And then with that, we, through COVID, launched... Um, you know, our dream services, our dream catchers web, which is our networking community. 
as well as our services, which include our resume workshopping. Um, people can hire us now to do their LinkedIn profile, just things that we've now spent close to 20 years between us um, doing for people for free, as I said earlier, right? We would sit with you and would only get paid by our client if we placed you there. But now we created a business model where people can hire us directly um, for, for help. We have different packages, different tiers of pricing for people who are just starting out to folks who are longer, you know, further along in their careers and everybody in between. And so that's a very long answer to a short question of who we are and how we landed where we are. And I think the best way to sum it up is we are career experts. Um, it's the best way to say it. We are not executive coaches. We are not career coaches per se, where there's folks out there that got their degree in coaching, certificates in coaching. That's not who we are. We got our certificates on the street. You know, we are, we have street cred of hundreds and hundreds of clients and candidates over the years that have leaned on us for support in their staffing needs. And now we are gifting that back to folks through our podcast and through, you know, our business. That's awesome. And one common theme throughout this seems like life takes you in so many different directions, so many different roads, so many different journeys. But in the end, um, you'll end up in something that you love, something that you're passionate about and something that fulfills you. Totally. And never stop hustling, really. You know, we, Marissa said it earlier, you know, we think you think you land and you keep going. I mean, there's so much to learn every time we think we've figured it out. Like, okay, we are staffing experts. We put people to work. And then the next day we're like, but, you know, we really, you know, especially when you're cut from this kind of cloth, which I'm going to guess Lena and Bernice are cut from our cloth if they have a podcast at their age. Um, not to be ageist, but it's the truth. If you are already, you know, have the foresight to have this kind of business model, um, we are likely cut from the same cloth, even though we don't know each other that well. But, you know, I think that's kind of who we are. We never give up. We're always hustling. We're always thinking about what's next and how we can help others. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing both of your journeys. Um, something that stood out to me about what you said was you both had so many unexpected turns in your journey. Um, you started with one interest and it led to a bunch of different fields. And it just goes to show how in high school and college, most of the time, especially in like a liberal arts or humanities background, most people don't have what they want to work and figure it out yet. And I also think that there's a lot of career paths that we aren't really exposed to when we're younger. Like, I didn't know that being a career expert or doing what you guys do is even a career option before I met you. And there's so many things like that, that you kind of discover later on. And while you were in those experiences, like beauty and fashion and HR, they led to discovering other things that you're good at and interested in, mm -hmm. and ultimately led to where you are today. And I think that's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're so welcome. And I think that can start now. I mean, for you guys, you know, if you're in a class and you're just super jazzed about something that the professor, or the teacher saying, or working in groups is exciting to you, or you're just a natural leader when you're in a group, or, you know, there's so many different things that you can identify even as early as in high school into college that that skill set could potentially lead to a specific career path. 
Um, and that's what Marissa and I love. We love talking to people and trying to say, okay, so who are you in your group of friends? Like who, what, what is Lena good at? Are you the one that splits the bill? Are you the one that um, makes the plans? Like these are skills that you don't realize at, you know, any age necessarily that they could be translatable skills to a career. Um, and like you said, your interests can change every single day and that's okay. I mean, we still have a million other interests that we haven't done yet, but Marissa and I both, um, are living our dreams right now. I mean, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I wanted to be a performer and Marissa wanted to be a journalist and I am performing every day when I'm on my podcast, even though I'm not a dancer and Marissa is writing all the time as a published author. Um, you know, it's, it's not a journalist in that she's, you know, on TV on the today show, but she's living out her, you know, childhood dream of what she wanted to be when she grew up. And so I think some, we talk about that on our podcast all the time. So I think you're hundred percent right for picking that up, that those things can change all the time. And that, um, you know, every experience you have, you can pick up something else that might help you along the way. As long as you are open to it, you just have to pay attention. There's also a lot more um, guided thinking to all this now. You know, your generation is open to conversations like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that our generation wasn't. We just didn't have them. So, you know, does it mean that as a teenager or a college student, you're going to feel any less confused? No, but at least there's language and conversation to be had where the generations before you were just confused <laughs> and speechless. Right. So um, I, I, I don't think I don't think the course of growing up will ever change. I think the whole point is that we grow up. Um, and each generation grows up with more and more things, whether it's social media and knowing how to regulate yourself on that and, 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 and knowing how to stay engaged in a job and, you know, making sure that you do all the things correctly. Um, I think that's, it's really no different in any generation. It just comes packaged in the new generation's, uh, box, so to speak. Um, but you all have more ability to think and feel comfortable challenging and questioning where I don't think we necessarily did, um, which is the gift that the, the rest of us gave those behind us. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, the fact that you ask these questions today says speaks volumes. That's what I think. I mean, I was very focused when I was your age and I would never think about these questions. And that's, and that's where I take pause and say like, good for you. Good for thinking ahead and not even thinking ahead. You're not even thinking ahead. You're thinking about life. You're not planning. You're actually engaging, which is different. Right? So anyway. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. And I think having these types of conversations on any level, it doesn't even have to be like on a podcast or in a formal setting, but just in your own communities is important because like you said, I think planning and thinking ahead are, are very different things because you can make a pro con list or a color coded calendar. I have tons of them 
And I I love them. I think they're super helpful for like a day-to-day schedule or something like that. But when you really want to figure out some of these, I guess, trickier and more um, involved questions, it definitely, it definitely takes a lot of thought, a lot of conversation and a lot of internal thinking too. Mm -hmm. So our next question is, what um, advice do you have for women who are trying to start their own initiative or own business? Um, I can take that, Maris. I think, I mean, we probably both have way too long of an answer to this question too, but I can speak on behalf of both of us when I say, you know, for one, you know, use who you know. So in our case, for example, in any case, right, you're you're looking to do something different and you've never done it before, but you know somebody that does it or you are inspired by a certain brand that you know, that you follow, that you frequent, that, that does it you know, don't be afraid to tap into your network. And a lot of people don't realize that somebody's in their network. So for example, say I wanted to start a juice company and I'm just thinking out loud, like, I just am interested. I want to start my own, you know, juice and smoothie company. I don't know anything about it, but I'm just obsessed with doing it. You know, maybe I'm DMing um, the place I go. It's like, how did you get started? And don't be afraid to ask questions and use who you know. Um, Also, when you're starting something new, Tap into your own network. Don't be afraid to ask your friends to follow you and ask your friends to support you um, as you're growing and bounce ideas off of them and, um, you know, utilize them and their skill sets, right? If you have a friend who, you know, fast forward a few years, you have a friend that's in law school and you know that you have a legal question, ask your friend. Um, Don't be afraid to use your own network. That's one. And then the other is to look up. You know, I say this all the time to people who are suffering or struggling or figuring something out. It's look up around you. Like, who do you know that does this already? Who do you know that has a job that you, that you are dying to emulate and, or have no interest in being, you know, look up, look around you. And not just what I said earlier, like use your network, but really like dig, dig deep. So for example, LinkedIn is such an important and beautiful tool um, that has, everybody's career kind of mapped out onto their page. You know, if you know somebody, a parent's friend, a colleague, a teacher, um, a former coach, whomever it is, does something that you're interested in or that could help you in your new venture, connect to them, you know, pick their brain, look around you. So not only look at who you already know that you're like, oh, I know that, you know, my mom can help me with this or my aunt does this but also people around you in your extended network and see, you know, what it is that they might be able to do to help you. And then just trust your gut and your intuition, which I know Marissa can talk about too. But I think that the biggest thing that we, that we did that we continue to do is rely on the the people around us, Um, tapping into our own personal networks, um, asking our own personal contacts and friends to support us in the things that we're doing. Marissa, do you want to add anything to that about your intuition? Um, I was just going to say, I think my my answer goes into the next question. Which I, not that I'm looking ahead, um, <laughs> but why don't you ask the next question then I can answer. All right. So our next question was, um, how do you overcome some of the obstacles that you may face when you're trying to start your own business or initiative? 
So what I was going to say was two things is when you're working on something or you're, or, or you're trying to create something, you need to have, you want to be able to provide the world with something that doesn't exist or you believe doesn't exist the way you'd like it to be, right? So that's one. So it's identifying the need and providing the solution. Um, in addition to that, it's always going to be hard. So sometimes you might just need to pause, but you never stop. So, you know, I always say when you're trying to do something new, it feels so incredibly overwhelming that if you could just think about what you need to do right then and there, like what's the first thing you need to do? And then slowly the pieces unpack that you can figure out what you need to do next, what you need to do next. And, and don't be afraid to be vulnerable or pivot. So you're going to make mistakes. And that's okay. Things are going to fail. And that's okay too. You're going to work really hard for something that doesn't work sometimes. And that's okay too. And I think if you could just accept those things from outside the gate, it's a lot easier. I feel like people set their bar so high that if they can't touch their bar on first jump, they give up. And if we really pay attention to truly successful businesses, none of those people were successful overnight. They tried, they stopped, they changed, they pivoted, they redirected, you know, they were vulnerable, they refinanced, some places go bankrupt, you know, there's all sorts of things that happen. So I say, um, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. If you need to pause, pause, but don't stop and make sure that you allow yourself time to think through what you need. And as far as like knowing if you're on the right path, you always know. Your, your decisions that you make at the time that you make them are the right decisions. Done the end. And I don't ever, ever, very rarely do I look back over my shoulder and second guess a decision I've made. Because when I've made the decision, I made that decision with the right amount of information. And I went with my gut at the time. And it was the right decision in that moment. Um, sometimes it's not always right, but it was right in that moment. And I needed to learn from whatever it was that cascaded after that, right? So I always remind people that you have everything you need in your own gut. Sometimes we crowdsource so often that we ignore our own voice. And I, I always truly believe that you know your own answers. What you don't know is what you're not good at. That's the difference. Knowing your own, answer, you're knowing your own answers versus knowing what you're incapable of doing as effectively as others are two different things. So for instance, what I was going to suggest or talk about is as you grow or as you start something, know what you're excellent at and know where you're going to need help. And don't think you can do any of those things or all of those things by yourself. You can't. So like I said, set your boundaries and know what's possible and accept the grievances first and then it'll feel better. Yeah, and I think combined with some of my advice of like, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's hard at first, right? When you're starting something, you like don't even know how to begin, let alone ask for help. Um, 
But if you know you're not innately good at, say, social media or creating a logo or figuring out what how to brand yourself or who your customer base should be or, you know, where should you advertise or any of these things. Um, don't be afraid to ask people around you that you think maybe have that skill set and you don't. Um, and really being vulnerable is very important. I think when you're starting out, it's like just knowing that it could be hard and being okay with that. And then also the second part of that, that I just wanted to say is Marissa said something about never giving up. And I think that's really important because there are times where even now Marissa and I are doing stuff when we're like, it's just so exhausting. It's so hard. It's so much work, but we know that we are meant for more in our guts, right? We are, we know that we are meant to help more people and touch more lives and turn more people's lights on. And so that's why we keep going. So if you're starting something, it's probably because you believe wholeheartedly that what you are about to bring to the world doesn't exist like Marissa says. And if it does exist, you're going to do it better. And you're just going to keep hustling until you get there. Um, and there are days where it's really hard, especially when you're doing it as a side hustle, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners do it, where this isn't their day job or they're a student or they're a parent or they have multiple jobs. So sometimes it's really challenging. You do it late at night. You have to do it early in the morning or on the weekends. Um, but like Marissa said, sometimes you can take a step, you know, I wouldn't say backwards, but to the side and just pause for a second, regroup and then keep going. Definitely. I think tapping into your network and really just seeing who's in your community around you, like you were talking about earlier, is really important. I think that ties into what Marissa was talking about, like having that community around you that can build you up and that can support you. I think those two kind of go hand in hand, because if you know who's around you that can support you and that can help you get started, then you also know people in your community that can help you when you're down. They might not be the same people, but everybody has people that they can turn to, even if you don't realize it in the beginning, because mm -hmm. sometimes when we're hustling or when we're running at a hundred miles an hour for something we're really passionate about, we can feel like we're alone or nobody's there to support us because they might not get it. Or um, it's something so unique that only, you know, how to run your program or whatever. But if, if you really just look into your community, maybe they can't help you with your website and your social media and your podcast, but maybe they can help you with one of them just, just to help you relieve some of the pressure. So I think just um, not judging your community too harshly is really important because I know that sometimes we're like, oh, everyone's so different. They all like STEM and I'm in the humanities or the opposite or, but everyone around you wants to help you, wants to support you. So I, th I think that's really important to remember as well. Yeah. And I think that just to that point really fast, you know, one of the things I'm very good at and one of my strengths that Marissa and, you know, my, our business relies very heavily on me is the creative and creating the image of our brand. And as I'm sure you guys can relate at any stage of a career or not, um, when you're staring at something for too long, it's almost impossible to catch all the mistakes. So like, for example, that's a really good example, Lena, when you were just saying like, maybe the person can't help you with all the things, but they can help you with something. You know, you don't have to be good at social media or even creating an image, but you're, you might be a really good editor, a really good reader, a really good proofreader, right? So you may have a friend that you just know is a good writer or just has a good eye. You could be like, can you read this for me and make sure that it's clear to an outsider? So this is a really good piece of advice. 
I made something, I made a one pager and two of our best friends, one's an attorney, one's a teacher. Neither one does what we do, but they are moms with children who are professionals, who are smart. Literally, that's it, right? In this case, and they still can help me because I want them to look at this thing and tell me if it's clear. That's it. So they don't even need to be an expert in any space, but I can still lean on them to say, if you read this as a customer, would you understand what I was trying to say? So that's a really good piece of advice, right? You could ask pretty much anyone, your best friend, anyone to just read something of yours, or can you go on my website? Can you check out my social? Can you listen to this podcast and tell me if it's clear? Do you think we're on the right track? Um, because why not? You know, and, and I think if we, Marissa and I say this sentence often, good energy breeds good energy, right? So if you put good energy into the universe, you will receive it back, right? So if you ask somebody for help, likely they will say yes, if they're a good friend, right? And then if you need that, if they need you anytime, you're more than welcome or more than happy, I should say, to reciprocate. And the same goes for the whole kind of line of continuing to breed good energy. You put it out there, it will return itself to you. And um, don't be afraid to tap into people for just basic needs. Just reading something over. Can you check this email that I drafted? Do you think it reads okay? Because I've read it 50 times and I can't tell if it makes any sense. I think that's great advice. And it also ties into what you said earlier about how your network and scope of resources can be much larger than what you initially believe. Um, for me, that kind of reminded me of earlier this year when I was writing my formal research paper. I have a friend who's really into graphic design and she doesn't like research. She doesn't really understand biology, but she's really, really good at drawing things. And she really helped me um, illustrate part of my experimental setup, which was really helpful because I can't draw at all. So having that as a resource was just really helpful to me. And sometimes you don't realize how people who are that different from you can still help you with the things that, um, and you can still build that type of relationship where you can help each other and support each other. A hundred percent. That's a great example and very inspirational to any listener to think, who do I know? Who can help me? That's not in my immediate reach or radar, right? You might think, oh, gosh, that person doesn't know these things. There's no way they can be able to help me. But like, most of the time, pretty much anyone is a good resource when you trust them and that you trust their opinion, especially when you're just starting out. You just need all the help you can get, all the support you can get, another set of eyes, you know, to look at what you're trying to create. I'm just going to take your example, Bernice, and just scale it forward a little bit. So say you were working on something and let's take a, let's take a quick time travel into the future. You're working in a corporation, Right you're on the team where you were doing the research. There's no way you're the one that's doing the graphic, mm -hmm. right? So it actually makes a lot of sense that somebody is going to be better in graphics. And it doesn't mean they're not like you. It just means that you would have a meeting with them, set on your calendar at 1 p.m. And after a salad, you two would figure out or your teams would figure out how the graphics would meet your research, right? So when you're having those moments as you're growing up in the like in your education, notice it. Notice that, you know, this group of people were able to help you or this individual had these skills and how you were able to lean on them and know that that will be somewhat of what the inter, when you see a company, how different teams interact. 
So, you know, and we all have strengths and weaknesses. Also, by the way, we're all human and can only do so much in a day, which is why there's job descriptions that we apply for so that we can be inside those jobs. Um, but, you know, I think um, paying attention to those around you just prepares you to pay attention for what's to come. Does that make sense? Definitely. Um, I think I've definitely learned in the past year or so that there's so many moving pieces to every project and there's so many people with different strengths that can really come together. Like even with one engineering projects at school, there's the design, there's the research, there's the construction, there's documentation, there's something that everyone's good at. And you really need to learn to collaborate with others and work as a team to really have the best execution possible. Um, so our next question is, as sisters, you obviously support each other a lot and you depend on each other a lot since your business is very collaborative. How do you, as sisters, support each other and why is this type of support system important for all women to have? I'm going to answer, please, or thank you. Um, she knows what I'm not good at and she knows what I'm great at. And there's no secrets. And the, the beauty of being siblings is we've known those things since, since I was four and she was zero, right? So, you know, I think if you don't have a sister or you don't have a sibling that you're close to, um, but that's not fair. I mean, I'm sure it's, I, I can't speak to it because I don't have a brother, but I'm assuming that you can have this with your brother as well. Um, having a sibling that you work with, you just know them in a way that is just, it's your sibling. So you just know everything about them, right? But that sisterly bond translates very easily to co-working language. It's no different than eventually being really bonded to a roommate or a, a, a camp friend or your best friend from growing up or anybody that you eventually work with. You become work family and work families work when you rise or you carry the others when they need you and when you carry when they need you and vice versa. So, you know, Jamie and I are 100% the same and 100% different, literally. Um, maybe 80, 20, 20, 80, but we are very visionary. We are very uh, passionate. We are very driven. We can speak in front of all of our best professional qualities are exactly the same. And then our actual, actual execution um, is very different. So, you know, also I've stopped trying. I've stopped trying to do things that I know she can do better than me, which by the way, is, was not natural for me at all because I try to do everything and I always have. And she's just exceptionally better at certain things that come easier for her. And eventually I stopped trying to do it too. And now instead I just depend on her, which feels liberating um, and comfortable because she is my sister. Um, and then there's an, there's an exchange, like an ATM receipt where I depend on her and she depends on me. Um, and really if there was a third, I don't know what would happen because we're really well balanced most of the time. Um, but, but I think, you know. I think to, to chime in there, I appreciate that. And I agree. And I think um, to make this a little bit more applicable to any partnership or any 
grouping, if you will. Yes, there is a fundamental difference because we're sisters. Um, but I think the key to any working relationship is communication or lack thereof, obviously. Marissa and I are able to communicate without speaking, which is rare, um, obviously. But I think that knowing strengths and getting that out of the way up front, there are a lot of tools that are free that you could use, like a personality assessments, things like that. If you're getting into business with someone where you can kind of identify how you operate, how you face crisis, how you um, there, it's a, a very famous one called Myers-Briggs that we're a big fan of. That's not free, but there are some like it that are free. You could take them online, make sure that everybody on your team takes one, just get a sense of who everyone is, or you could just do it super casually. You write down your f- top five strengths. You know that Lena would be good for graphics when we get to that point, or Bernice is really good at this. And when we get to that point, um, so once you get to know everybody's skill and really figure out what everybody's role is. I think that that's the most important part. So when your question is why it's important to have this kind of relationship, it's really just about having support. You absolutely can do pretty much anything on your own, of course, right? If you are driven and successful and motivated and smart um, and, you know, passionate, you could do anything. But at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in, you know, you can't do it alone. You know, whether that's a support system, a partner, a team, um, everything for me, at least, is collaborative. It's who I am. I don't do well independently that way. I need other people. I, however, am a defined extrovert. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean, by the way. um, So you might think, oh, yeah, totally. She's an extrovert because you could tell. Um, if you do research on introvert versus extrovert and then the layers amongst that, I think that's really important when you're having a team conversation too. Who's the one that's going to talk to a client? Who's the one that's going to answer the phone and can talk to anyone? Who's the one that's going to book the interviews? Who's the one that's going to follow up with the episode? Who's going to be right? So there's all the little things about a business. And I think kind of knowing your strengths, and this all goes back to earlier about support. Um, you know, I think an important part of a partnership or any kind of support system is to just know what you're good at and what you're not. And that takes time. It's definitely comes with tenure and time. Um, you might think, you know, I remember thinking, and I know this is one of your questions, so I won't take away from it about what I could, the advice I could give myself if I could look back. But I think when we're young, we all think that we could do it alone. You know, we're like overachievers and we're good students. I don't need help. Um, but just kind of accepting that help, I think is really important. And rely and being okay with relying on others. And I think that's Marissa, it, it took her a little bit longer to rely on me. Um, and there's certain things I very much rely on her for. And I think that just being okay with that has come with time. And I think that if you expect that right out of the gate, it's um, you might feel disappointed, but if you know that eventually you'll get to a point where you can rely on others, that your strengths will come in handy, that other people are better at things Um, you know, you will be set up for success. But I do think it is, like you said, it's very important to have a support system. In our case, we're very, very lucky that it's our sibling. Um, But that could really go to any partnership or any group. I do want to say one thing for the people in the back. So when you're young, I'm saying to you, recognize your strengths. But I want to insert a gray area that you just don't get when you're in high school or college. Just because you don't know how to do it or it's challenging doesn't mean you couldn't be good at it. So, and that is something that comes again with time. 
So, you know, if you're not a natural artist, it makes a lot of sense that you're never going to be a graphic person. But just because you have been exposed to the operational piece of a business or the financial piece of a business, just because you haven't done it doesn't mean it's not your strength. Does that make sense? So there's a difference between innate skills and acquired skills. And that's what I learned with Jamie. I have innate gifts and acquired things that she was better at. So in our partnership, I allowed her to take those reins and vice versa, because why should I create an image when she's going to make it so much better, right? So it doesn't mean I can't do it. I just prefer hers to mine. So I should just allow her to do it. But it doesn't mean, it's not an excuse as you grow up to not try, right? And and that's one of the things I want to be careful with my word choice, because recognizing what we're good at, knowing our strengths and being vulnerable is very different than saying, you know what, now that's not for me. Because there's a lot of things in work that aren't for us and we have to do it anyway, right? Because as my dad always said years ago, if work wasn't work, it would be called summer camp. So, and even if you run a summer camp, it's work. So anyway, yeah, and I think, I think that's really important is one of our other mantras. We have many, but one is say yes, right? You're given an opportunity. It's not really for you. You say yes. Anyway, give it a try. Take a stab. Um, take a stab. And then you can always, which by the way, this is a topic for another podcast, but you're new at a job and somebody asks you to do something and you have absolutely no idea how to do it. You still say yes, but you can say yes. And, or yes, but yes, but I've never done it before. I'm going to give it my best shot or yes. And I'd like your help with it. If you don't mind, I'm going to take a stab at it and I'm going to come back and ask you for advice or whatever um, freezing that you use. Say yes is definitely one of our mantras, but we've, we've kind of morphed that over the years. I think it was somebody on one of our podcasts said yes, but, or yes. And um, that you can say yes, but there might be a comma after it and that's okay too. Um, but yeah, I think Marissa had a, a, a great point that, you know, just because we've figured it out, you know, we've been doing this a long time. So we realize because we coach people every day that have not figured it out yet, um, that this doesn't come easy. And we know that, and that's not necessarily what we're saying here. I think what we're saying is that, um, it's okay to trip and fall as long as you give it your best shot. And then you figure out, okay, you know what? I'm not good at that. I'm not going to try again. I'm going to find somebody to help me with it. Um, but at the beginning, you can try it yourself. Um, but then don't be afraid to look around you and ask for help. Definitely. Um, I agree with everything that was said. And I just have two things. So first, um, I, I really agree with what you're saying. I feel like I'm the type of person that I want to do everything. I want to be doing every part of every project. And that's just who I am. I like to put myself in a million different directions and multitask. I like to be busy, but at the end of the day, you can't do it all. I think I kind of learned that the hard way. You can't do it all. I think I've learned that through school that if you're in a group project or you're trying to do stuff, it's okay to rely on other people. It's okay to use their strengths. It's okay to see what you're not good at. And I don't know if I um, have an issue admitting my faults, but rather giving up control. I wouldn't say I'm like super controlling and over dominating, but I think that I, I like Bernice to... is laughing. Sorry. <laughs> Bernice is like, I know this about Lena. By the way, Marissa's laughing too. Cause she's thinking of me. Cause that sounds like me. 
I, I just like to um I, I like to feel like I have a say in something. So if I, I want something done my way, then it can be done that way. Um, but I think I've definitely learned to um, just not not do that so much anymore and just rely on other people also. And the other thing what you were talking about is how you can communicate with each other without 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 even talking. I think that's really important. And I have some friends that will just look at each other across the room at school or I'll raise an eyebrow and then we'll start laughing because we we know what we know what we're thinking. And sometimes it's a little awkward because we'll just look at each other and we'll start laughing. And everyone else is like, wait, what's going on? Are we missing something? And we're like, no, we're just communicating. They are. Actually they're they're missing something. <laughs> I know they're missing our whole conversation. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that you, that you hit the nail on the head that you're, you know, that you're figuring it out already, that it is hard, especially when you are, listen, I know a lot of our listeners, your listeners are looking to start something or they're entrepreneurial or they're building something. So, you know, Marissa and I are in the business of kind of reading between the lines, right? So most of these folks are like us, right? They're controlling, they're smart, they're driven, they're type A, if you want to call it that. They are type A plus B, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, so it's hard to relinquish that control when you are like us. And I say us collectively. Um, And so I think that is a challenge, even 20 years from now, like you're our age and you're doing this, still and it's hard to give up the things you know that yep. you want to be better at or you think you're better at or you think you're good at or I must say I must say once a day I can't do it all I just can't do it all and so I say it every day to myself and I'm a terrible listener and I think the best advice in that sentence and we could talk about this unfortunately forever but we'll cut it off but to just give yourself grace I say that all the time to people just give it a beat just give yourself a minute you can't do it all and if you thought you could do it all and you didn't get it all done, there's always tomorrow. My dad always says that. My husband lives life like that. He's the kind of guy where he turns off his computer and he's like, I'm done. It's always tomorrow. Where I, if it were up to me, I'm up till midnight, still, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And that's not healthy. Sometimes you just get to be like, you know what? There's always tomorrow. I didn't get it all done. It's not perfect you know, I, I didn't delegate right, or I thought I was going to be able to do this and I didn't get to it. There's always tomorrow. Just give yourself grace and know that just because something falls through the cracks like that doesn't mean that you fail. Doesn't mean that you're not good at it. And it might, you might decide you want to delegate that thing out or ask for support, but just remember, give yourself grace. And I think, especially as you're starting to build something, you know, Marissa and I talk about that all the time as we're building the dream catchers larger and larger, there's just only so much time in the day. You can't do it all. And so there's always tomorrow. But setting goals, setting goals and reaching them, of course, is important. But to uh, remember that it's okay if it doesn't all get done in one day. For sure. I think having a healthy balance between getting stuff done, but also doing it in a way that's healthy and productive is really important because you don't want to be running at 100 miles an hour and six cups of coffees until midnight and just just running and burning for both. You, you don't want to be doing that. But at the same time, you don't want to be procrastinating, being three months late on your work and behind. And it's, it's almost summer and you still are in winter term. You don't want to be on that end of the set uh, on this spe- of the spectrum either, but you have to find this balance between what you can do and giving yourself grace and doing it in a way that's healthy and productive, really. 
Um, I was going to add on to what Lena said. I think I've also always been the type of person who I want to be good at everything. I want to be able to do everything by myself. And I think in the past year or so, I've really had to finally accept the fact that I can't just be good at everything. Um, this year I'm taking AP computer science and I cannot code at all. It's I've never had one class where I absolutely just could not understand the material and there was nothing I could do to understand the material. And um, a few weeks ago, we had the AP exam and I was talking to my mom about it the night before and I was really stressed because coding obviously isn't my thing. I'm a very creative person and I don't like that type of analytical stuff. But she basically told me, Bernice, when will you ever have to do something with coding ever again? Like you're not going to take it in college. You're never going to have to study it. And you're never going to be a part of projects where you have to do coding. And it made me realize that sometimes you just have to accept that there's certain things that you have to focus on that you will be good at. And there's other things that you'll have to learn along the way that you don't necessarily have to be the best at. And it's okay to just rationalize with yourself that, okay, I can take a B in this class, or I can just pass this exam. I don't have to get a perfect score on it. And I think I, that's still something that I'm trying to work on with myself, but I think I've come a long way when it comes to accepting where my strengths actually lie and not expecting myself to be perfect with everything. I don't think that those two sentences are mutually exclusive. That's what's hard, right? Yeah. So knowing, knowing that you're not going to be good at everything and accepting that you're not going to be good at everything or two different things. Still right? working on it. I'm for, I just turned yeah. 41. I'm still working. I on mean, it. listen, you're in the AP coding class. Like you want to slay that test. It mm -hmm. is what it is, but your, your mom's right. Like if that's not your jam, it's not going to be your jam. So try not to be that upset about it, but you know, it's hard. It's hard to stay in that lane. Listen, I sometimes, because I'm not, I'm not in school for such a long time now, I equate things or I make analogies to things that we can all relate to. Like, okay, if there's a 5K tomorrow, can you do it tomorrow? Does that make you a bad person? Can you start running tomorrow? Could you maybe run like a mile? Yes, right? So there, there, I always say there are two kinds of people in this world, people that run naturally and people that hate running, but run, right? And I, I, I remind you taking that AP exam, you're exceptional at other things. I mean, you were obviously still solid enough to be in the AP class to begin with. So it is frustrating when you're, by the way, I had a similar story. It was calculus. Mine I'm was still statistics. bitter about it. Still mine bitter about it. Mine was statistics but, and I'll never forget. You know, and mine was statistics in college. There are just certain things that just don't work in there, but it's okay because if, if you stop worrying about that, your light that you're supposed to be focused on will burn brighter. Okay. So, and that, that took me a really long time to figure out obsessing over what you're less than at takes too much energy where if you were just to turn that off, your light at the things that you are beautifully gifted at will burn brighter. And we are supposed to be burning our bright light not worrying about how we can't do all of the lights. It's so true. Sense? I mean, we, I love that analogy and we, we give that advice. You can only control what you can control. Okay. 
You can study until 3 a.m. And if you don't get it, you're not going to get it. And that's right. okay. just because you're tenacious, just because you're brilliant, just because you're dedicated doesn't mean it's going to come easy. And actually, I took a really fascinating course that I, I bet both of you would be interested in in different ways, which was the psychiatry of the, the psychology and the makeup of the brain. It was a brain. It was a psych course that I took in college. It was the science of the brain. And it's real. The brain is a muscle. OK, it has two sides, like everybody says, are you like a left side or a right side person? And that's all real. That's science, right? So if Bernice's brain doesn't compute coding, but so like my son, Sam, now all, of, not, all of your listeners are going to know that you just really didn't do all. Yeah. Like all, all your listeners are like, okay. let's, let's Bernice bomb that test. No, um, my son who's nine could code and I'm like, but can't spell. Okay. So like sometimes your brain just does certain things well. And yes, if you work at certain, certain things, you can get better, but just like a, a skill like athleticism or dancing or singing, you're either born with an innate skill that you can then get better at, or you're never going to get better at that particular thing. You can get okay at it. And that's enough. That's enough. So I think, and, and, you know, not to be super cliche and quote, like every Instagram post, but you are enough, Bernice. You don't need to be also acing the AP exam on coding. Um, you could ace the other ones instead. So I think that that's, and, and that's real, that's science. You know, our brains are not equipped to be able to do all of the things. Thank you so much for saying that. I think um, we all need to work on I guess, or people in high school need to work on really focusing their energy on the things that matter to them, because it is so difficult to accept failure a lot of the time. And that's really something that can detract you from accomplishing the things that you want to do in the first place. So um, I think that's great advice. And our last question is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? I'd probably say, don't worry about the AP exam. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Although it's a standing joke in our family that I missed my, some of my AP exams because I was at Marissa's uh, college graduation. Um, so I didn't place out of certain subjects that I would have otherwise placed out of because at the time there were no makeup dates and I couldn't take them. And I took the whole year of the course and never took the test. So that's just a fun sidebar. No, I was going to say that the advice I would give to myself, which Marissa's is probably similar, is try not to be so, have such terrible tunnel vision. So for me, all I wanted in, in life was to work in dance or music. That's it. Nothing else mattered. That's all I wanted to do. And I think if I were to look back at my younger self, I would say, say yes to opportunity, take chances, because I ended up having to do that anyway. But I think if I had gone into it with a better attitude, I would have been better off. And I give that advice now all the time, partially to my younger self, but partially to others, just to give back that if you can just be a little bit more open-minded with who you want to be and what you want to do, you will be better off in the long run. Um, it's okay to have a dream. And I think as we are called the dream catchers, that is what we preach. Um, but try to be a little bit more open-minded to what that, what that dream could mean. And I say this all the time, and I'll leave you with this. If you can't find the dream job, try to find the dream in the job. So if you're not going to be a backup dancer for JLo, Jamie, at 16, then see if you can find a job that taps into all of your creativity 
and taps into your avail- you know, ability to speak publicly and to be a quote performer in another way. Um, so I think that's a really important advice is to try really hard to feel a little bit more open-minded about what it is that you want to do. My turn? Yeah. I had tunnel vision too, but I'll let her have that answer. My answer will be, I wish I was more present. I spent so much of my youth thinking about what I was going to do next. And if I could buy back some of that time with the sentence, once you're a grown up, you're always a grown up, I would have been younger for a little bit longer. So, yeah, I think that's important. I think trying to live in the moment is something that we've talked about throughout tonight's conversation. Try, try. It's very challenging for those of us that are cut like from this cloth, but try to just focus on what you're doing currently. Try not to color code the whole and trust the universe. Yep. No matter what you're on this journey, the journey's already written for you. It you're just reading the chapters. So if you obsess over them, you're just wasting your own time being present in the really exciting pieces and parts. And I wish I could have done that better. Um, you know what? Granted, I don't regret it, like I said, because I am who I am today because of who I was. I just, if I could sit down with my younger self, I would just be like, chill, <laughs> be 17, enjoy yourself. Don't study so hard. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, just breathe, have fun and be carefree as much as you can. Smartly carefree. So I don't know. I'm sure a lot of parents would not necessarily think that's good advice, but I was the most type A, most driven, most tunnel vision, most planning, most controlling individual. And I wish I had just been a tiny bit more fun. How's that? That's my truth. I think that's great advice. I think something that I've learned this year is one of the mottos at our school is we work hard, but we also play hard. So we have like a million APs and a million honors classes and all the extracurriculars, but they also really value that Saturday night activity where you can have an ice cream social with your friends or that trip to Princeton where you can just shop or laser tag on campus. Um, And I think it's really important to balance the studying and the grind and the hustle. Also those moments where you just laugh with your friends or hang out with your siblings or watch a movie with your family, because yes, the studying and the grind is going to, it's a huge part of your journey. And it's really going to get you places, but you're really going to remember those the life. Exactly. Definitely. The stuff that sticks with you is the life that you're living. What matters? Not the particulars, even though I still talk about statistics and calculus. Uh, but isn't that like not to be so cliche, but that's the dream, right? The work life balance. Um, so if I'm going to leave the listeners with anything, it's going to be that. You know. Remember to work hard, but also remember to play hard and take a breath and give yourself grace. And it's all going to work out. Marissa always says this, but the universe has our backs, right? Everything is already written. Whatever's meant to be with us is in the stars. We're just playing along until we figure it out. So, you know, keep an open mind. Look around you. 
learn, think, talk, engage, research, and it will all work out. And just remember that even when you're 20 years in, you're still figuring it out. It's all, you know, we're all learning as we go, all of us, you know, my favorite example, when I, I say, I thought about this a lot yesterday on Mother's Day, I don't know what I'm doing. I've raised a child for almost 10 years. I'm like, I don't know. I'm figuring it out as I go. It's true. Making new rules, figuring it, you know, and, and it is my responsibility for his life and livelihood and, and my, his younger brother. And it's crazy to think that we all are so ingrained in like being perfect and figuring like, you know, motherhood, if nothing else has completely humbled me and that I will never know what I'm doing. I could study for that test, Bernice, until I'm blue all night long. And I still don't know because something's going to get thrown at you that you've never had to handle. And thank God for my support system and my sister and my mom and my friends, because half the time I'm like, what do I do about this one? You know? So I think there are certain things in life that you can plan for. There's certain things in life you can study for. And there's certain things in life. You just have to hope for the best and take a breath and it'll all work out. Definitely. I think that's a great place to wrap up. And I think this was an amazing interview. Thank you so much for doing this with us. We we loved it. It was so exciting. So fun. Thank you. Thank Very you welcome. so much. Thank you for having us.